poke my head in here for a second and kind of look around and see if it's if it's okay to still talk about football. Yeah, we can just talk about football. Awesome, because I've got a fun subject for you today. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also have fun on those topics with my daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll also check out. Joey Porter Jr. is better than you think. That's not me suspecting that you don't have football expertise or that you disagree. But it is me suspecting that there's a whole lot of underlying quality that this kid is bringing to this defense that isn't being properly appreciated, I don't think, anywhere. For those of you who follow Pro Football Focus, and I know that can be a a hot topic in one direction or the other with a lot of fans around the league. Porter is considered to be the 59th best corner out of 125 in the league. And if that sounds a little bit low to you, it sounds that way to me as well. But then when you look at his statistics, when you look at what he's been able to contribute tangibly, he's got one interception. Of course, we all remember which one that was. And he's got the 10 passes defense. Now, the 10 figure is pretty nice. But that figure also comes with the added bonus of having big plays being made in big situations like the one, well, just the other day in Seattle against DK Metcalf. That won the game. And because of all this Kenny Pickett nonsense and everything that followed, a lot of the really, really neat things that happened in Seattle seem to have been just buried. And that's not right. That was a big moment, not just for the Steelers in the 2023 season, but for the Steelers for years to come. They have not had this type of corner in a long time. When I say a long time, I guess I could say the first couple of years that Joe Hayden was here. Before that, you'd be talking about Ike Taylor. But they're not that common, these guys. Metcalf, of course, had done pretty well over the course of the game. He sprung open, and when he sprung open, he sprung big. But he still only finished for three catches on six targets. And on this target, Geno Smith had him locked on, made exactly the play selection that you would want Seattle to make, and made the throw that the Seahawks would want to make. Porter was just better. Porter got over top of him, legitimately got a hand on that football and got it out of there. I asked a kid afterward in the locker room in Seattle just to just to walk me through it. Can you, can you take us through that last play in the end there? Yeah, they just try to try the young guy on the field, and uh, I just, you know, stand my ground, hold my own. Uh, this was something I was looking forward to all week, so I got a little taste of that. You like that too, huh? You heard his old man in that voice, didn't you? Well, you should have seen the smile. Believe me, that matched as well. That's a lot of fun, and that's what he's having out there. That's what he's been doing since training camp. He lines up against the other team's top guy, which also, by the way, I don't believe can be adequately graded or appreciated. And he takes them away. And he does so, for the most part, without help. 
If you think about the state of the Steelers' secondary right now, missing every single one of their safeties who walked off that campus in Latrobe, every single one of them, including arguably the best safety in football, he doesn't need the safety. He's the one, more than anybody, more than Patrick Peterson even. I mean, all all the cap tips in the world to Pat Pete for being able to slide over and not just to do well at the role, but embrace it too. He's enjoying it. He sees his career being extended. But if the Steelers needed to help Porter, if they needed to have double coverage on anybody, and they have faced some names, he, Porter, has faced some names in recent weeks, they'd be in massive trouble. They'd be exposed all over the place, even worse than what you're seeing now. How do you attach a value to that? Vic LeBeau used to praise Ike. I mean, like crazy. Uh, He loved Ike, both as a human being and as an athlete. But what he loved the most about Ike, and he'd tell you about this, was that Ike would take a certain quadrant of the defensive portion of the football field and just eliminate it for you. You didn't have to worry about it, or you didn't have to worry about a certain opponent. And you also didn't have to worry that you would expend more manpower on that opponent or that quadrant of the field than you wanted to. And that, in turn, would make everybody else's job easier and more predictable. This kid has gone against some of the best wide receivers in football. They've come into games against the Steelers on these big rolls, and then they leave looking like just another guy, like T. Higgins, just another guy. Puka Nakua, just another guy. DeAndre Hopkins, just another guy. And Metcalf, I mean, for the most part, the same applied to him too. And he was probably more effective than anyone else against Porter. This, my friends, is a time worth remembering and really, really applauding the Chase Claypool trade that Omar Khan pulled off. Sending Claypool to the Bears for a second round pick that because they're the Bears would end up becoming the first pick of the second round and because another pick was lost in the first round that actually slotted up to number 32 overall. So they essentially got two first round picks, Broderick Jones and Porter, And to see these kids, almost all of them out on the field regularly now, to see Jones and Porter, Keanu Benton throwing people around. Did you see some of that? Darnell Washington. And how about Nick Herbig? Two snaps. And he comes up with that monster sack. Strip sack. It's a fun, fun class. And it is literally only the beginning of that fun. See, see, we can talk football. Look at that. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. 
J1Q comes from Clayton, who says, DK, would I be out of line saying that Nick Herbig has made the most out of his snaps, even more so than some of this year's first-rounders? Two snaps on Sunday, and he arguably made the most important defensive play of the game. I just love everything we see out of this kid. Contagious attitude and great player. Yeah, I would say having half of your snaps result in game-altering strip sacks is a pretty healthy pace. I wonder about Herbig. I I really do. Because on one hand, we will marvel at this splash that he produces. We will marvel at the consistency with which he delivers it. And we'll marvel, really, if you think about it, at the athleticism that he shows in getting them done. He just erupts out of places. It, it It's like, it feels like on almost every one of his plays that he's not in the, the theoretical picture as you're watching the play, even if you're watching it live. And then the next thing you see, it's boom, there's Herbig. Whoa, where'd he come from? And to do that, coming onto the field, ice cold with virtually no warning. It's not like somebody... Tells Herbig at the beginning of a series, hey, kid, be ready. You're going to go in if it's third and seven or something. No, he's just there on the sideline waiting for his number to get called. They call 51. There he goes. And I asked him, how does how do those two concepts work together? I asked him in Seattle. For a guy who's not on the field that much, you're making a lot of big plays. How do you keep yourself that sharp? Oh, man, it's just really shout out to, you know, my coach Denzel, man. He he always stays on me about that. And he's like, man, you need to, when you step in there, like, the standard is a standard. You know, we got Hall of Famers in front of me. So I got to come in and essentially play like a Hall of Famer. Um, So, you know, that, that, that big shout out to Denzel. For See, that's really cool. The first thing that popped into his mind was Denzel Martin, the outside linebackers coach, who has worked his way up the NFL ladder in more ways than one to get to where he is. And if you think about Martin's role coaching the outside linebackers, it's pretty thankless at the top end. No one, for example, is going to go to Martin after T.J. Watt was named the team's MVP yesterday and say, hey, Denzel, great job with that number 90. You really made him into something. Nobody's going to do that. Nobody's even going to do that as it relates to Alex Highsmith. They're just not, you know, oh, good job getting him all that money, coach. Yeah, way to go. Wait, nobody's going to do that. They're not even going to do it for Marcus Golden because Golden's been around for a 100 years. Still effective, but he's been around for a while. So if you think about it, Martin's principal task in this whole process is to make sure that Herbig's ready and that Herbig is progressing. So what's he do? He stands there with him on the sideline. Kid, you got to be ready. Kid, come on. You got to be ready. You got to be ready. Kid goes out there and makes the play. One of the really cool subtext stories of this whole really strange season. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. And you know what it's going to be about, by the way? Football. 